Welcome to the Concierge CPA. I'm Jackie Meyer, founder of the Concierge Accountant Program and Tax IQ Software. This is a podcast for accounting firm owners and influencers who are pursuing world-class service. We discuss their path to excellence, their daily habits, and what influences them and their work. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around till the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go, y'all. So when it comes to tax planning, most of the time, this is what entrepreneurs really want. They really want tax planning, but they don't know how to order it off the menu sometimes. And accountants generally see themselves as tax return preparers, even though they have the skill set and the ability to offer tax planning, they don't. And we don't know why. And my guest on the show today is, is basically right in the same room with me going, I don't know why they don't do this. I don't know why we're not offering this. And she is a business coach for accountants. She is a CPA herself. She had a seven-figure exit from her firm. And now she helps accounting firm owners build the practices that they dream of, that they love. And uh, I'm really excited to welcome Jackie Meyer onto the show today. She is the founder and owner of Tax Plan IQ, which is a software for tax planning. And uh, she just has this this heart to serve. And this is what I love about Jackie. She is equally as passionate as I am about uplifting and elevating the accounting profession. And she has a true passion for seeing firm owners truly love what they do and have clients they love and and deliver all of this service with a smile. And part of that is understanding what clients want, how to communicate your services, how to work with clients and build relationships. And if you're an accountant listening to this episode, she's got so much good stuff to tell you about how you can offer these services. But if you're an entrepreneur, you also are going to get tons around how to really identify if your professional is doing tax planning for you, how to ask for it, how to communicate with them and make sure you're getting the most value out of your professional and working well with them. Really excited to have Jackie on the show. How I met Jackie actually was uh, she was obsessed with Costa Rica and posting about it in her Facebook group. And uh, we started chatting on social media. And next thing you know, she was down in Costa Rica visiting to look at properties and uh, we got to meet up for a drink. So we had that in common as well. And I'm really excited to be able to share a conversation with me and Jackie with you. Hey, Jackie. So happy to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. So Jackie, just tell everyone who you are and what you do. Who am I? Well, I am a recovering CPA. That joke gets a little old sometimes, but I just sold my CPA firm of 12 years and I'm now a software developer that doesn't know anything about software development. So I have a tax planning software for accountants called Tax Plan IQ. And then I also do coaching with accountants and I do speaking. And so I most recently started to broaden my reach out of the accounting audience to talk about workaholism and things like that. And so, yeah, that's me. I love it. And I love that we've like crossed paths so many random times and finally got to meet each other in person down in Coco because we have that in common as well, right? Yeah, for sure. So we randomly crossed paths on Facebook, social media then became immediate BFFs because my goal is to get to Costa Rica and Shannon's already in Costa Rica. 
And then I like begged her to meet up with me when I came down to Costa Rica <laughs> last month. And you almost didn't show, but I, but, but it worked. Remember you had a friend in town. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, conflicts, yeah. So yeah, I, it, but that was really a great convo. We, we think a lot alike. So I'm glad yeah. to know you for sure. Likewise. And I love that. So I love that what you do is you bring such a fresh perspective, just like a lot of us are trying to do, like we're kind of fighting the current in the CPA space, trying to do things a little bit differently. And I want to hear from you on a little bit about like, how did you get into accounting? Cause I know we're very similarly minded. So it's like, how did you end up in this profession and how did you shift your mindset into what it is now from maybe when you started? Oh gosh, where to start? Okay. I never wanted to be an accountant. I don't have anyone in my family that was an accountant that I know of. I just wanted to be able to take good care of myself. So I wasn't actually raised in a very balanced environment. And so I also had to take care of myself at an early age financially and emotionally. And so I thought, you know, what better than to go into business, right? So I went for my undergrad in finance I started working for this tiny CPA firm slash financial planner in Fort Worth, Texas, and he had me do some tax returns. And I fell in love with the idea of being a detective and finding like new deductions for people and like not coming from a lot of money. The fact that I could like magically produce money for people legally was just so mind blowing to me. And I just adored it. So I went back and got my master's in taxation. And then now I'm doing a doctorate in leadership, but I started my own CPA firm, you know, 12 years ago and never looked back. I love it. And I love your perspective on, you see, uh, you see a tax professional as somebody who recovers deductions, recovers money for people or finds ways to like, you just said like create money for the taxpayer out of thin air, basically based on your knowledge. And I think that that's a unique perspective because if you ask most accountants what they do, it is prepare the returns, do the paperwork, right? Check the boxes, do the compliance work, but your strategy is is completely different. It's more strategic. It's more based on, you know, what can we do to add value to the clients, which unfortunately is too rare right now in the industry. Yeah, for sure. It is sad. We're hitting some roadblocks with Tax Plan IQ being targeted directly at accountants. There are some really forward thinking ones that want to get into tax advisory or understand the tax advisory side of things, but there's a lot that don't, or they're just too swamped because the industry's rough. Every industry's rough right now with staffing, et cetera. And so someone the other day just gave me the idea, maybe I should talk to taxpayers directly. You know, maybe you, the listener, should demand tax advisory services from your accountant because you don't deserve anything less. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people listening, well, if you've been a long time listener, you've heard me say this several times, but most people assume that their tax preparer is saving them money. So let's just bust that myth right now. Is, is, there, is their tax preparer saving them any money in taxes? Typically, no. You might see some of those retroactive savings. There's a few things you can do after the fact. So you finished your tax year, you're prepping the return. You can look at a couple retirement options and, you know, random stuff like that that, mm-hmm. that are due the next year. But in general, you have to be looking in the tax year at hand or before 1231 and maybe even before that in some cases to proactively be doing planning. And so if, if you're not sure if your accountant is doing that, 
if you're not talking to them at least once during the year about that year and seeing what that projection looks like, but then also talking about ways to reduce the tax due, they are not doing tax advisory services. They're just doing tax uh, prep and maybe some tax projections. I totally agree. And and you just mentioned ask and demand tax advisory services, right? From your accountant. I would say absolutely have a conversation with your accountant saying this is something you're interested in. But a lot of people listening are intimidated at even having that conversation. And they're like, what do I ask for? How do I ask for that? How do I show up and quote unquote demand this type of service? Well, how should I be phrasing it so they understand what I'm looking for? Because I find there's a huge communication gap between most accounting professionals and their clients in terms of understanding each other. What is your advice on how they can actually order that off the menu? Yeah. I mean, I guess question number one is tax advisory services a part of your core service offering, Mr. or Mrs. Accountant, right? And then even if they say yes, we need to do a little bit deeper dive, right? And it's like, okay, so what are some of your favorite strategies? <laughs> and then maybe pop it in a chat GPT or something and double check them. <laughs> I know you're not going to know a whole lot of the stuff that they spout out. Or maybe that's the best thing, right? If they start saying things you don't understand at all, then you're like, okay, cool. They're onto something here. Yeah. If you've never heard it before, uh, just make sure they're not making it up, but I don't think they would. I think that the key thing is to say, I'm interested in like the goal. So like, I want to save more money in taxes, or I feel like I'm overpaying. I want to make sure we're taking advantage of all the strategies available. Do you offer some type of tax advisory services that will be designed to help me maximize strategies? And if they say, no, we don't, what's the next step? You can actually find a tax advisor that will work with your tax preparer. And so if you just love your tax preparer to pieces and you never want to leave them, that's okay. You can actually bridge that gap. And I mean, we're actually trying to do that at Tax Plan IQ. We're hoping eventually to have this kind of affiliate network to connect taxpayers or accountants that don't want to or don't do tax advisory service um, to ones that do. And having people that are certified in that area. And so it's it's really exciting to think about the possibilities there. I love that. And when people are, are exploring that with their tax professionals, right, you just mentioned you should be meeting with your tax professional multiple times a year, like at a minimum in April to discuss the outcome of last year and at a minimum sometime during the year to make sure you're planning for the future. I would say at least three is, is pretty good, three times at some point during the year. Now, let's talk about what, for the folks who are listening, they're like, great, I can arrange the meeting. What the hell do I ask? What is it for? What should I be paying attention to? Because sometimes the, like, I've just noticed this stalemate with a lot of clients and tax professionals where the tax professional is like, I'm waiting for them to ask questions. And the client's like, I have no idea what the uh, hell to ask. Yeah. Right. And it's this constant, like two magnets in the same polarity, right? Like this resistance of nothing happens because nobody is meeting in the middle. What, for those listening who are the clients, who are the taxpayers, what would you say, hey, ask your professional these types of questions or make sure you're bringing up this type of topic to kind of provoke and get the wheels turning? So first of all, to address the number of meetings, I would say mm -hmm. once you're already like on a schedule with an actual tax advisor, meeting can be very loose terms. So as yeah. long as you're communicating in some, some way right, or aspect, right. because it's just about actually knowing current events that are going on with you. 
we do an annual strategy meeting with a client. And so we review the ROI that we got them the year before. And then we ask them, how are you? Tell me about you. You know, just what's going on this year? New house, new husband, wife, new kids, anything going on? Yeah. And it takes a little bit of training, even for the accountant to know what types of questions to ask. Um, But, you know, again, we're trying to help accountants with, I've got templates for that kind of stuff, the types of questions to ask. I like to kind of focus on, do you have a side hustle that you'd like to turn into a business if they don't already? Do you have a financial advisor? Do you have healthcare that costs you a lot of money? Because that's a great strategy that you can focus on whether they have a business or not. Um, are you maxing out all of your employer deductions? So I'm, those are really basic questions I would ask like a W-2 employee. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would take things to kind of the next level because if there's a yes in any of that, there's a way into strategies and there's some ROI there. Yeah, I think that's totally true. You have to also be, I think also as the client or taxpayer, you have to be forthcoming with information like this. Like if something major is going on, you should feel, I I want clients to have that instinct to be like, oh, I got to tell Shannon about that. Yeah. Uh, so that it's not like an afterthought and it's like, oh yeah, I had a kid. I didn't tell you about that. <laughs> like I know we'll be that involved in those things. all the time. Divorce, yeah. kids, marriage, people are like, feel ashamed or something about the divorce side. And it's really important to communicate those things because we're not going to hold judgment against you. We just want to plan to minimize right. your tax liability around it. So yeah, let us know. Yeah. And let's talk about what you can expect as a taxpayer in terms of, so Another thing I always see is the tax, you know, preparation versus advisory, but also understanding that there is a price difference between those services because Mm -hmm. you're paying, the way I put it is you're paying a publisher versus a co-author, right? So you're paying someone to report what already happened versus actually strategizing with you. And you don't have to give numbers, but let's talk about the difference in what you'd be expected to pay to a tax preparer versus a tax advisor, because a lot of people are price shopping and they don't realize they're comparing two different products. So compliance, you can totally focus on cost effectiveness and you're good to go. That is not the case with tax planning. You want to focus on the value that's being provided and the return on investment you can get. And so I actually trademarked the the term of the, the ROI method of tax planning and I advocate that accountants try to find three to five times more savings for their client than what their cost is, so to speak. So let's say that an accountant has identified $30,000 of tax savings for their client. There's several different strategies and methods that they're going to do. This is years and years and years of acquired knowledge that is worth so much, right? And yeah. so you have to value price that. And so that's easily a you know five to seven thousand dollar type job, but that's okay because you're netting twenty three k into the taxpayer's pocket that they would have had zero of before, right? Yeah, and sometimes that's annual savings too. So like they're saving that year over year over year versus paying for the tax plan maybe once. Right. Exactly. So I don't know why everyone doesn't use the ROI method of tax planning. It just seems like a duh to me. If I could measure the ROI of like everything in my life, I would. I actually started trying to put an equation together for like the formula of life. So TBD on that. Maybe I'll write a book. (laughs) (laughs) 
The other thing too, is that Jackie and I, right before we hit record, we were nerding out big time on chat GPT and its role in the accounting industry. And I actually want to bring this into the conversation because I want to talk like you and I could talk about this all day, but chat GPT just did a tax return, I think. And she did. She did. She did. <laughs> she did. And we were talking about this, like on the groups and everything too. There's a ton of fear a ton of anticipation, a ton of uncertainty around what does that mean for our profession? And without going into too too much detail on like the profession side of it, I also want to look at what can taxpayers, right? The folks who are listening, what can they take away from that? They're like, can I have a robot do my taxes now? Like, could I potentially do that? And what do I need my accountant for now? I want you to answer that. What will I need an accountant for in the future? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Are we going to be able to replace accountants completely? And I think, can we replace humans completely is the question. And the answer is no, hopefully not, unless we're going into the matrix and then they're just going to use the humans for, I don't know. (laughs) So, I mean, this is something we've got to figure out, right? But I think that we can partner with AI take some of that basic compliance, boring stuff that no one wants to do super mundane off of our plate and be able to focus on higher level value add services. And so I still would advocate, I mean, I'm biased. I'm an, I'm a CPA myself. I, I feel like we bring a lot of value to the table. I would still advocate you have that accountant in the middle of the transaction, but you allow the accountant to kind of use AI to their benefit and advantage and hopefully decrease their costs and decrease yeah. your overall cost too. I look at it like I'm sure at some point, because it was before I was born probably, but I'm sure at some point someone said, Excel is going to make accountants obsolete. <laughs> I do love me some Excel. <laughs> but here's the thing. I really do believe that this happened with Excel because look at like we got rid of ledger paper and we transitioned to Excel, right? And then we transitioned and like QuickBooks. It's like, this is going to get rid of bookkeepers. This is going to get rid of accountants. And it's like, someone needs to know how the machine operates. Someone needs to inform it. Someone needs to use it. It's a tool. I go, it is a tool. It is not a worker, mm-hmm. but it's just a tool. And I'm really super stoked about it because I'm like, oh, I'm going to get tax returns done so much faster if this thing can help me is the first thing I thought of when I saw that come out. And there's just so much going on with like polarizing opinions about how AI is going to affect the industry. Yeah. I mean, someone posted today, there's a hot, you know, it's a hot topic right now on Facebook. I host an accountant group called Accounting from Influencers. And then for accountants on Twitter, we have this whole tax Twitter thing. Yeah, And someone's like, oh, they've been saying this for ever since I started my career that AI is going to take over. But yeah, that was Excel or that was, you know, other things. And this is a whole new level that we're at right now. I mean, I'm literally talking to chat GTP, like they're my best friend. And I want to talk to them over a human to give me more accurate information. Yeah. So this is revolutionary. It's, it is so exciting and scary at the same time. It is. I'm, I'm more, I probably, I'm probably naive, but I'm way more excited than scared. I'm going, we'll figure this thing out. But for the accountants that can't figure out DocuSign, it's going to be, it's going to be brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, and sure people will get into this and then go, I'm retiring early. I can't handle this thing. This is too much. But I think that we, this is going to reset expectations for those of the people listening who are, you know, working with tax professionals. I think that it's going to become an expectation that their tax preparer, their tax professional is using tools like this because then that's going to, I think, set people apart. 
I think we can, we can raise the expectations of accountants to be, and, and my question earlier, like, is this going to make accountants obsolete? I go, I think it's going to re-identify accountants. So like mm-hmm. accountants will no longer be associated as bean counters, tax preparers. Like I already say, I just mentioned this to one of my friends. I said, I don't even identify a CPA anymore. I say I'm a CFO because when I say I'm a CPA, people go, oh, great. Can you do my taxes? And I don't want to attract that. I'm like, no, I'm, we, we do fractional CFO. So I think what's going to happen is the the labels will change. You know, be mm-hmm. like, well, this is a tax advisor. And people will start asking for a tax advisor because they'll realize they can get chat GPT or whatever to do a lot of that for them. Uh, I just think that's where we're headed. I agree. I'm really pushing like for the AICPA who heads up all of the CPAs in the nation to focus on TAS, which is tax advisory services and that becoming the next big thing. But, you know, we'll listen back on this 10 years from now and it'll be done and gone. But we do need better or new definitions for what we're bringing to the table. I agree. How would you recommend, and, and I'll, I'll phrase this for the for the professionals, how do you recommend describing tax advisory services to a client in terms of what, what it is fundamentally and why it's, why it's different than tax prep, tax planning? People use these terms all the time. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll say they do tax strategy, for example. They, they'll say they do these different types of services, but like what should it tangibly look like? What do you think are the bare bare minimum essential elements of tax advisory services, if you had to describe it? Well, I was actually polling accountants yesterday to kind of go into one firm pro bono and be like, let's transform your TAS practice. <laughs> and um, one, I was like, what is that minimum requirement for someone to... to if they're already an advisor. So I said, did you do more than like a dozen tax plans last year? And did you do more than like three strategies with them? Okay. So it's like, all right, if we're rinse and repeating one strategy for every client, that's definitely a niche and there's a need there, but that's not necessarily going to serve them well if they get in more complex structuring. Right. Right. So I think if the accountant has that as, you know, something that they're doing consistently for clients and that they're able to vary the strategies offered a bit, I think that's a good starting point. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's something that kind of like CFO, kind of like accounting services, it can be super vague in terms of Mm -hmm. what everyone advise, everyone will identify as an advisor, but like, are they really doing advisory services or are they really just doing compliance work with a little extra? And I think that's something we have to really distinguish for, for the folks listening, for the people who are buying these services, because, you know, they can be caught up in tax strategy, right. As a label, but fundamentally, how much is it really saving you? And what are the strategies that you're entitled to take? Are they just lather? Like, was it lather rinse repeating the same strategy for everyone, regardless? How do you recommend, I mean, I was about to ask, how do you recommend people start identifying what strategies might be good for them? And then immediately I went, well, just ask ChatGPT, but. um. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I haven't done that yet. I'm going to do that as soon as we're done with this interview. But um, I do want to give the caveat that a W-2 earner with like Mm. nothing going on, no home ownership, no charitable contributions, stuff like that is not going to have a lot of strategies that you can do. Right. It's just too simple. The tax code is not made for those people. The tax code and all of these deductions and credits are made for business owners and real estate people. Okay. 
Yeah. So, you know, get into a business, get into real estate, get into investing, and you can open up kind of a world of possibilities there. Yeah, I agree. It's totally for the the business owners, real estate investors, or both. If you're both, then buckle up. You've got a lot of opportunity ahead of you. And if, if the taxpayer wants to know, to answer your question, if they want to know what strategies are available, you can go to taxpaniq.com and pop, pop in the chat, hey, I need you to tell me this. And the more people that show up and do that, we will create it for you. Okay? So that is a promise. <laughs> Yes. I'm actually really stoked to see how that turns out because I think that's something that people need. And it's honestly, one of the questions I get most often when you guys text me, it's, Hey Shannon, I feel like I'm overpaying, but I have no idea what strategies are available to me. Can you help me with that? Right. And we can absolutely help with that, but God, if we could just make that more mechanical, right. Cause it's the same questions. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this decision tree path of like, yeah, exactly. do you have this? Do you have this? It's, it's a series of questions we go through, but I'm like, there's no reason why we couldn't, you know, make that robotic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is a decision tree. And so yeah. I, I've had to kind of manually develop that decision tree for the different um, strategies and tax plan IQ. And man, it is like mind blowing, like how much it's time it takes. Yeah. yeah, but it is possible for sure. And what do you recommend doing in terms of somebody who's ready for tax planning? You know, they want to, they want to get more into tax planning. Maybe, maybe they are that uh, high earning W2, right. And they're going, I just want to, I want to change my situation. I mean, basically it's start a business or invest in property, right? Start looking at ways that you can, you can build wealth and, and strategize in the same time. Yep, exactly. I mean, start with the basics, make sure you're maximizing everything you can through your W2 benefits. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't really beat retirement plans, the deferral and the match and all that jazz. So yeah, um, you know, keep with the basics there. And then, yeah, go talk to an advisor like Shannon, like me, that can guide you with, you know, what area piques your interest here? Right. Do you right. like commercial real estate? Do you like residential rental? Do you like the idea of solar investments? That's a new big hot topic this yeah. year. And then we can kind of guide you down that path. Now, what are your thoughts on the folks who have the mindset of like tax strategy? Isn't that kind of like cheating at the game? Like, isn't that kind of, you know, if we want to pay less in taxes, right? Isn't that frowned upon? Like, what is your kind of counter argument to those who think that tax strategy is a bit of a cheat? Yeah, that, that is a really tough one, especially coming from, you know, I'm a, I'm a gal of faith and you think, well, am I taking advantage of the government by saving people all this money? And at the end of the day, I, I really feel like we're doing a disservice if we're not utilizing the tax code to its greatest ability. Like who's the dummy now, right? Like if we're not taking advantage or utilizing what's provided to us to get more tax money back in our pocket. And we know, you know, not to get into a debate on whether the government should control our funds or not, but we know that we can direct our money towards charitable causes estate planning causes, local needs much better than the federal government is going to direct our money. And so I always just come back to that. You know, I'm saving more in my tax, in my client's pocket so that they can give back and do more for their community and do more locally. Right. And I also take the, I take the similar approach and also that if they wanted to button that up, Congress would have made it more specific. 
So exactly. I go, it comes down to, well, Congress cut a few corners. So we're going to go and play by the rules. The rules say we can do this or they don't say we can't, I should say. That's what's so fun um, about it. That's why I love it so much. Like I said, it's detective work, right? Some people say yeah. I'm a magician, but no, it's detective work. It's, it's a craft and I love it. And, and kind of like, as we're kind of tying this up, right, I want to go into just distinguishing tax planners, right? Because you might think, okay, that you might think you could price shop, right? That you could price shop ta- even tax advisors because it's like, well, it's the same tax code, right? So if I have a tax advisor over here, or a tax advisor over there, what could potentially differentiate these two people? And wouldn't they be taking the same strategies for me? And and it's so funny. I'm even saying that because I'm laughing inside thinking about this going, there's no way, like there's so many variables between different people who are in the profession. Could you go into some of the ones that you've seen? Okay. Um, so you're asking like, what's the difference between like tax, tax advisor, a tax advisor, B, you know, they're charging these different prices. Let's say, um, what, how do I even know like what to, how to shop these people or, or how to select the right person for me. So who's going to get me the best net ROI return on investment, by the way, that's what that stands for just in case. Um, it's, it's like the biggest word in my mind. I almost mm-hmm. like tattoo it on my body. Um, and then are they doing strategies that align with your comfort level? So someone might tell you they're going to get you a million dollars or you're going to pay zero in taxes, but they might be way too aggressive and you're automatically going to get audited. I had someone tell me the other day, like we had like these two totally polarizing opinions of taxpayers using the same accounting firm, two different partners. One partner refuses to use tax plan IQ or do any tax planning, although the client's begging for it. The other partner is so aggressive that he's gotten his client audited three times. So he recommended like R&D credits when he wasn't a qualifying industry. He recommended conservation easements, which are what's called a list of transaction. It's not something I personally recommend. So I always ask the client, like, where do you stand? I'm never going to break the law, which you should clarify that with, with your advisor. You know, are you, right. are you good with breaking law or not? Because I'm not. And are you like red light? orange light or green light when it comes to how aggressive you want to be with this. I, I believe that it's, it's an aggression thing, but also like risk tolerance. Mm-hmm. Like how is your priority not getting audited? Is yeah. your priority savings at any cost, right? Like where are you on the spectrum of save me anything? I'll roll the dice versus I would like to just kind of lay low and sleep well at night. Like <laughs> there's a whole exactly. difference there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jackie, thank you so much for hopping on the show today. I know you have to run. Can you tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and Tax Plan IQ? Sure. So go to my website, taxplaniq.com or uh, my more general website to see what the heck Jackie Meyer is doing these days is jackiemeyercpa.com, J-A-C-K-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-C-P-A.com. This was so fun. Thank you, Shannon. Thanks, Jackie. We're going to have more conversations soon. We're going to nerd out over chat GPT sometime. Oh, yeah. She's a winner. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. Thank you 
you for listening to the Concierge CPA hosted by Tax Plan IQ. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. If you are a successful accounting firm owner or influencer who would like to be on this program, please visit JackieMeyerCPA.com, J-A-C-K-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-CPA.com to apply. Please share this on social media and rate us so we can continue our good work. Join our Facebook group called Accounting Firm Influencers or connect with me on most platforms under Jackie Meyer CPA. Thanks for being accountable to transforming our industry today.